So we're not in a new series, but um, we're not in our old one either. We're just going to talk tonight about something that uh, God put in my heart. Um, you know, and I, and I, I don't feel comfortable doing this necessarily uh, because if I don't have a uh, something that's keeping my brain from chasing 1,000 rabbits, I'm probably going to be chasing 1,000 rabbits. So, like, I just, I, I'm, I get very nervous. I'm not, I'm not like Kenny where uh, Kenny can hear a song and all of a sudden uh, he can come up here and preach uh, an entire message just based off of, hey, I heard this song and I, it reminded me of this scripture that I've studied uh, five years ago and I remember everything that I've studied about it. So, uh, but anyways, I was in my car today and uh, I, I will say that, that, God has been has been pruning me. I, I guess that you you would call it. You know, like you cut cut some branches off of, of a tree or like a, a small tree in your garden. I don't really know what you prune, uh, but I do know that you cut some stuff off. And when you cut those branches off, they more branches and fruit grow from that. Like if you just leave that tree alone, then it's, it, there's going to come a point where it just kind of maxes out with its fruitfulness, but if you prune it, then you're uh, giving it room to expand, and uh, what I know about pruning, just from personal experience in the past, you know, ever so long, probably past four months or so, is that it's kind of painful, but from it comes a lot of fruit, an abundance of fruit, and so um, I was just reading uh, on my lunch break, and, and and I always go back to, uh, to Proverbs. Anytime I just need, like, hey, I just need a solid direction to go in. Like, I, I'm really confused. Like, I, I'm not, I, I have some decisions to make, and I'm really trying really hard to, you know, focus on, on the right path. And, and I felt God leading me to, uh, to Proverbs 4. And, uh, and it gave me joy in my heart to know that, that God's Word is always true, and I could go to it, and it's going to lead me in the right direction. But I, I will say too that not only is there joy in my heart, there's a there's there's a sense of the, of agony going on. Like I feel God changing me, and I don't know what the next step is. But uh, one of my best friends told me uh, last night. He said, "You know what you can do?" And I was like, "You know what?" I'm thinking like he's going to give me, you know, he's going maybe even text me later on. Like I need a list. Like this is step number one. And you can take that, and I'm just like, you know, that's just how, that's how I roll. Like, I need somebody to coach me through things, you know, like, give me a play-by-play. I need to do this, and I know I'm successful when I complete these things. But he said, you know what you need to do? Take the next step. That's all you need to do. Like, Matthew 6, just quoted it to me. It's like, seek first God's kingdom, and he will provide all these things for you. Just don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries on its own. Basically telling me, hey, just take the next step. That's all you have to do. When, when Jesus tells you to take this step, you take it. Don't worry about the one after that, and don't worry about the one you just took. The, worry about the next one, and that's it. That's all you got to worry about is the very next one. And when he tells you to do something, then you know, he said the Christian life is, is so simple. He tells, you obey. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do go to simple church. I've heard that before. It's very simple. You know, like, I know that. Like, why do I not believe that half the time? You know, it's like, so when he tells you to do something, what does that mean? It gives you grace that empowers you to do that. He would not tell you to do something that his grace is not going to provide the power for you to do. 
And so today I was just kept thinking back over that, and God provided this passage uh, for me to read, and um, I'm going to do that. Uh, it's in uh, Proverbs chapter 4. See, Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and if you ever uh, hear about the, the books of wisdom, Proverbs is one, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon can be considered a, a book of wisdom. And the book of Proverbs, there's different kind of Proverbs. There's like Chinese Proverbs, like there's all kind of Proverbs around the world, but uh, these are the only ones that are inspired. These are the only ones that, 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 that come from God, and, and we, we can rely on these, although they're not specific truths. Like you can't look at every single thing in Proverbs and think that's going to come true. Like it says that if you raise your children up uh, in the ways of the Lord, and then when they get older, they will not stray from it. Uh, that's just telling you in a general truth, like if you raise your kids up, uh, in, in the instruction of the Lord, as Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, we just got through reading, that, uh, that you're, you're going to have a long life and, and that if you do these things, that, uh, generally speaking, they will not stray from these things. And, and so, like, you can't have a child who you raised up in the instruction of the Lord and all of a sudden they just go haywire and they go do their own thing. It's like, well, Proverbs wasn't telling the truth. No, it's generally speaking, a lot of times, it's telling you this is... This is a problem. This is wisdom. To be wise is to raise your children up in the Lord, and when they get older, they will know the right thing to do. It's just a general truth. And they're short, pithy sayings that are very easily memorized so that when you're going throughout your day, you can think, oh, I have to you know, raise my children up right, or, or, or don't seek my own understanding, but God's understanding, and, and just, just really little things that we can easily remember. We don't have to remember 20 verses at a time to get a full understanding. We have these short verses that we can remember. And in Proverbs chapter 4, it's, it's uh, subtitled, A Father's Wise Advice. So this is like from the perspective of a father speaking to his child, and he's just trying to instill in him some advice, like, hey, son, when you're going through life, because you haven't experienced very much of it yet, when you're going through life, this is what you need to do. And since I'm only 23 years old, and uh, I have a child, and I'm married, and I don't really know what I'm doing in life because I haven't experienced very much of it. Like, I'm just now entering the real world, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I need some of this. Like, this is what I need, and we all need this because all of us uh, potentially are going into new phases. And if you're not in a new phase right now, like you've been in this phase for a while, you're probably going to be entering a new phase soon. You know, there, there's God's, God's not just going to leave you one place your entire life so that you can get really good at it. He's going to continue to challenge you and mold you and shape you by all of your experiences. So in, in Proverbs, it's just a way to, you hit a new phase. Like, I just need to know what direction I'm supposed to go in. And this is what he says. He says, my child, this is in verse 20 of chapter 4, my child, pay attention to what I say. Like, this is very important. What I'm about to say to you is important. I'm not just wasting my breath here. Like, I'm not just talking just to talk. I'm, I'm saying this is important. It says, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. See, one of the things that a lot of us have trouble doing is when we read the Bible, we walk away and sometimes we forget what we've just read, right? Does anybody else have that problem? I do. But, you know, James talks about how uh, the fool is, is the one who, who reads God's word and goes away and forgets it. And it's kind of like a person looking into the mirror, walking away and forgetting what they look like. And so, and, and a lot of that is, is that we're not listening carefully to what God's word has to say. And we're not 
letting it penetrate deep into our hearts. And so what we do when we approach God's word or we're listening to this wise advice that he has to give, what do we have to do? We have to let down the walls and the guards that are in our heart and let them penetrate deep. So when those words are being spoken to us, we're allowing them to penetrate our hearts and and let them penetrate our experiences and our new phases and our hurts and our wounds and all the challenges and all the sin and, and maybe our pride. And so when these people are giving you wise advice and it's, it's centered in God's word to be able to take them or when you're reading God's word, be able to lower those walls and be vulnerable. Letting them penetrate deep in your heart, that, that's depicting vulnerableness. So to be vulnerable when you go to God's word, let it penetrate deep because it's, it's going to work things up to the surface, the bad up to the surface. It's going to scrape it off like gold being refined. So this is what it says. It says, let it penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them. They bring life. The opposite of life is death. And all of us are dead in our sin before Jesus Christ rescues us. And these words that are in this book bring us life. They hold in them eternal life. You have the words of eternal life is what Peter said to Jesus. says, you have the words of eternal life. And they can bring our souls from death to life. It says they, they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Did you know the condition of your heart affects the rest of your body? Did you know that? Did you know that when you're really stressed out or you're really worried or you've had a major heart wound go on in your heart, did you know that that can affect you physically? Do you know that can weigh you down? That can affect your physical health? I, I know this, that, that there's been times in my life where I've been really weighed down, really stressed out. And, and I, mean, I mean, I guess just a simple thing, like, have you ever had like an ulcer in your mouth? Like, just like, I know right around the time of my wedding, like I got this like major like pain in my mouth. I was like, what is going on? And my, I, I went to my, I was talking to my dad, I was like, there's this thing like in my mouth, it's hurting so bad. He was like, you been stressed out? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've been pretty stressed out, you know, I mean, I'm getting married in a month, you know, and I don't have any money, so, I mean, what do you expect, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm broke, like, and I've, I'm, you know, I don't know what you want me to say, Dad, like, I'm trying to live on my own now, like, you got any money, like, that might make my sore a little better, and, uh, but I mean, and, and there's been also times where, like, I've been really stressed out, and, like, like, parts of my body just don't work right, like, I'm just, like, oh, like, bogged down, it's, like, when you have joy, though, the Bible talks about how when your heart is joyful, it shows in your face. You have a cheerful face. But when your heart is sad, the whole person is being dragged down. You just look defeated. Like, it's like it affects your whole body. And so these words will bring healing to your whole body. Because when, it, when these words bring your death to life, your soul from death to life, it brings healing to you. Not just your heart, not just your emotions, but your whole body because the condition of your heart affects the rest of your body in a lot of different ways. And this is what it says. Is that this is his advice. So there's three things that he says. We're going to talk about those things. Number one, it says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Uh, I was reading this guy about what does the heart mean? Because I, I was reading this and I was like, you know what's weird is that it says guard your heart. 
above all else. And I'm thinking, this, this is really weird because, like, how does my heart, like, I'm thinking physical here, have, like, emotions and stuff? Like, where, where, why does my heart get broken when things happen? Or, like, when I see something sad, why does my heart hurt? Like, what, what is it about my heart? Like, and we talk about, you know, the heart, have, like, you have a broken heart or your heart is sad and your heart is happy and, like, you know, I'm in love with you and we have a heart. Like, our love comes from our heart and, you know, Jesus transforms the heart and our heart is all about the heart, 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 this. And I'm like, why, why do we consider, like, the physical heart? Like, why do, we, why do we just all of a sudden jump to that? And so I looked it up on this Bible study tool thing. You know, you can do that. Like, I don't just come up with these things, you know. You have to, like, study them. And um, so th- this guy was talking about how the, it's, it's the center of our intellectual, emotional, moral compass. Like, it's like, that's one word with, like, a bunch of hyphens in it. And so, like, that's the center of it all. Like, our heart is the center of it. And, and before we, you know, had all this, you know, science and stuff like that, how we know that the heart is just, you know, where all the blood comes and it goes back out, you know, and, and there's, like, four different chambers, all this kind of stuff. It was like, that's where your strength came from. So like they would, some people would eat so that their heart would be strengthened. And the Bible even talks about that, how like they ate certain things so that their heart could be strengthened to continue on. It was like the heart is the center of your strength and, and, and it was all about your emotion and your intellect and it, it drives your decisions. Your heart actually has desires. And it's not just your physical heart. It's like it's the hidden emotional, intellectual, and moral things. It's the hiddenness. And we talk about the heart as being something hidden in something, like the heart of the sea. Like, it's something hidden, something we don't know, something we can't grasp physically. It's not something we can go out and grab. And so it says to guard your heart above all else, above everything that you could possibly do, guard your heart. Why? Because your heart is exceedingly wicked and deceitful above all things. It's more, it's more deceiving than anything you could possibly have. It's, it's inherently bad. Like, it inherits sin from the time it's born. Your heart is bad. And so that's why Jesus has to take out, or God has to take out our heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh, do a heart transplant. And, it, and our heart has to be purified by faith. And we have to guard our hearts. How do we do that? See, the mouth is what expresses the heart, and your ears and eyes is what goes into the heart. I started thinking about this today, like, everything that my heart thinks badly, like, bad thoughts, bad anything, comes in through either my eyes or my ears. That's crazy. And you know, the Bible talks about that, how your eyes are, are the gateway to your soul. It's the window to your soul. And we're going we're gonna to read about that. It says this, uh, well, I thought we were. No, we ain't going to read that. I don't know where that's at. Because swore I marked it. I got some sticky notes up here. But it says when your heart, when your eyes see bad things, your whole body is bad. It's filled with darkness. When your eyes look on darkness, your whole body is filled with darkness. When your eyes look on light, your whole body is enlightened up. So everything is exposed, all the sin is exposed, and everything that's dark in your body is exposed because it cannot hide from the light. Jesus said that. It's written in red. And it says this, 
It says, for it determines the course of your life. So what you look at and what you listen to goes to your heart, and that determines where you go. That determines the direction of where you go. And so how do you guard your heart? By being careful by what you look at. Being careful by what you look at. What you look at is very, very crucial. So what do you look at on a daily basis? We look at our phones a lot. Did you know the average teen, the average teen now, looks at their phone nine hours out of the day? That's longer than a normal work day, folks. And adults, don't be thinking, well, in my generation, all I did was go outside ride bicycles, and that's, that's how I made my fun. I didn't sit around playing on video games all day. I know you've said that before because I have, and I'm only 23. And, uh, but anyways, y'all adults are not too far behind. Over half of adults say that they feel addicted to their phones. You know, that's crazy. So what you look at, you look at your phone a whole lot, you know, like Snapchat, uh, Instagram. I mean, you can just mindlessly scroll through that thing right there. The algorithm is a devil, okay? Like, you can just go up to the top and refresh, and you can scroll for another three hours. Like, if you want more to look at, you just go follow something else. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of limit to it. I mean, you can do whatever you want on that thing. Like, you can look up anything, watch any video on Instagram. That's crazy. And you can just, like, I like that one. That one looks cool. I don't even want to read that caption. That caption's this long. I'm not going to do it. I mean, you just sit there. like, And we watch TV a lot. Like, what do you watch on TV? Like, I know there's a lot of people in here, and don't, don't raise your hand. I know you're not in sin. You may be. Let God commit you about that. All I'm saying is, is we all have our TV shows, right? Like, we're just like, I wonder what, what to watch next on Netflix on Netflix, because I know that there's a season here, and I can just binge watch it all day on Saturday. I'm so excited about fill in the blank, you know, and we, like, there's a lot of people that's like, I wonder what show to watch next, because I've already watched this one, and all the other ones are lame, so I'm, I'm just going to sign up for Hulu, because they got this show that I can watch. Don't be playing. I know y'all do this, and so, like, what you watch, what you scroll through, what you look at on a daily basis. Like, and there's also things that we can look at intentionally. Like, We can go like, online and look at things like pornography that never leave our mind. Like, it's like you can look at something like that, and it's like the image is burned into your brain. Because like, you're, the things you look at is a window to your whole soul. What you look at is so important. And listening is not too far behind. Because when you're watching something and, and you're, you're listening to things like, it kind of goes hand in hand. When you're watching a TV show, what they look like and how they sound kind of plays a role in how it makes you feel. And it affects you in a lot of different ways because you know why? It affects your heart. It affects your desires. When you see something in a TV show or on Instagram or you know, on the internet, you're not supposed to be looking at it. It affects the desires of your heart. And that will point you in the direction you're going to go for the rest of your life. It's affecting what you're going to do for the rest of your life because it's controlling the desires of your heart. And so here's, a, here's uh, the most important way you can guard your heart, though. This is in uh, Philippians chapter 4. It says this, 
Now listen, you've heard this before. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Ultimately, how can you guard your heart? By being careful about what you look at, being careful about what you listen to, especially on the radio, being listening to things on your iPod that have the E next to it, or they may not have any cuss words, they may not have E, but it's leading you down a path of lies like, you know, uh, I mean, let's just be honest, like country music, hip-hop, pop, all these different things. We listen to these popular songs on the radio, like, are they telling you the truth or no? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. Like, are they pointing us in the right direction? Well, I just kind of like it. It's kind of catchy, you know? Like, I just like to sing along. I don't really believe what they're saying. Like, okay, yeah, good excuse. Like, yeah, that's not going to get by me, okay? Like, I'm just saying you memorize the words. Like, those are things that, you, that affect your heart. Even if you may not realize it, like, they're affecting your heart. But the most important, probably the most effective way to guard your heart is to pray about everything and to not worry about anything, to let God have your whole life and then God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand, will guard your hearts. God's peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's God's peace that will guard your, guard your hearts. And this is, this is what it says. It says, not the Bible, this is a quote I, I got. It says, as the mouth reveals what's in the heart, the ears and eyes determine what goes in it. And so that brings us to the next thing. It says, as the mouth reveals what's in the heart. The very next thing that it says is, avoid all perverse talk. This is in verse 24. Stay away from corrupt speech. All right. So it started, it's kind of going like in descending order. Like, number one, you guard your hearts. Number two, you avoid all perverse speech. And I'm going to tell you exactly what the Bible says about this. A lot of people don't really think cussing is that big of a deal. They don't think gossip is, you know, gossip is not really on the level of sin like lust and adultery and murder and all this other kind of stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about it, okay? Because this, is, this might be a very controversial topic to some people like, in my opinion, well, your opinion doesn't count in this argument if you're talking about what Jesus, what the Bible says about your tongue, about your mouth, and what comes out of it. Jesus himself said, was arguing with the Pharisees, and they were like, well, we don't eat this, we don't eat that, whatever, and we're not defiled. We're not going to be defiled by what we eat. And he was like, listen to me. It's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of it. What comes out of your mouth is what defiles you. And he told them that out of the overflow of your heart, guard your heart. Out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what you bring into your heart through your eyes and your ears, your mouth is going to speak it out. So are the shows you watch important? I'm not saying being a legalist, okay? I'm not, I'm not telling you to follow a bunch of rules. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying guard your hearts. Are the shows you watch important? Are the songs you listen to important? Do they matter? Is it, is it effective? Absolutely. Because what goes into your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And this is what the Bible says about it. In uh, James chapter 3, it says, 
uh, verse 2, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. If we could control our tongues, if we could control what we say, we would be perfect in any other way? That's crazy. And it says we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. So tell me what you say is not important. Everything you say is important. Because everything you say can either build someone up or tell someone, tear someone down. It even says this, that with the same mouth you praise God and tear somebody else down. It says, can fresh water come from a salt water spring? Or can salt water come from a fresh water spring? They can't exist together. When you have a bunch of salt water and fresh water together, it's going to be salt water all together. It's not just going to be half salt, half fresh. You can't have the same thing together. So tell me that what you say is not important, because I promise you it is. It's very, very important. Everything you say is important. Choose your words wisely. Avoid all perverse speech. Avoid it all. Don't do it. It's very bad. So set your whole body on fire. Number three, the third thing he says to his his wise advice to his son says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So how do you stay on the straight path? How do you look straight ahead? I was thinking about that today, like, that was what hit me the most. It's like, okay, I can, I can guard my heart, and, and I can avoid all the uh, perverse speech, but when it said, look straight ahead, it's saying, do not take your eyes off of the prize. Do not forget, when, when all this stuff is coming at you left and right, when, when you got all these, these things going on in your, in your world, and, and you're stressed out, or you got, you got things that are discouraging you in your heart, and maybe you're beating yourself up, or whatever, you got sin, and, and you just, you're, you're, you're repenting, and you're like, God, I'm trying to follow you, and, and there's all kinds of temptation coming my way, yada, yada, all this kind of stuff. Anything you're dealing with, you're like, God, this is weighing me down. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on that and keep going. Keep going. Keep running the race. Do not stop. You may get tired. You may get weary. There may be people trying to hold you back. There may be people in the stands trying to tear you down, telling you, you can't finish the race. I'm going to keep looking ahead. I'm going to keep looking at what I'm running towards, and I'm going to let it motivate me to keep running. I'm going to let what the prize is, I'm going to let the goal of my running keep motivating me to run. It's going to give me the power to run. The goal is. It's going to give me the grace to keep going. Because God, like I said earlier, God does not tell us to do things that His grace doesn't empower us to do. And this is what the Bible says about that. It says, 
Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, we've heard this before, but it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So what weighs us down? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff does. But it says not just to strip off the sin. It doesn't say just strip off the sin. I'm not saying that's not important because that is very, very important. Sin is what separates us from Christ. But if you don't also strip off the weights that are holding you back from following Christ, maybe the people around you, maybe they're holding you back from following Christ fully to running a full sprint towards Christ. And, and jogging the long haul and say, this is an endurance race. I'm going. I don't, I'm not letting you hold me back anymore. It says strip off every way, especially the sin. So it's not just sin holding you back, but especially strip off the sin that's holding you back. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So what's the prize? Jesus is. Because he has the words of eternal life. We no longer have to suffer in hell forever because of our sin. Because why? Because he came and died for our sin. He came to be the pardon for our sin so that he would be the propitiation for our sin. He would take all of God's wrath on himself so that we would not have to. So that if we would put our faith in him, when we put our faith in him, our sins are nailed to the cross through his hands. It's through Christ. And so we do this. We endure the race by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And who is Jesus? He is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That sounds kind of like pruning, doesn't it? Perfecting it. Making you more like Christ becoming more into the image of Christ. See, we were created in the image of God, and it was a perfect image, and then we fell. And that image was distorted now. It was blurred, and now our image of Christ is no longer as clear as it used to be. And then when we put our faith in Christ, now all of a sudden our image is beginning to be restored, and now it becomes more clear. Now the pixels are becoming more lightened up so that we can see exactly what we're looking at. And that is sanctification, how God is bringing out the image of Christ in us. And that's him perfecting our faith. We're becoming more like him. That hurts, guys. Like, in June, I've been a Christian for eight years. Now, there's people in here who've been a Christian longer than that. But I'm just saying, like, each year is different. It's crazy how much growth and how much like it seems like it's just like steady this is really painful like it's a really steep hill right now sometimes I'm like running full force ahead like I'm going like I'm falling across yeah let's do it and there's other times I'm like <gasps> like I can't go like there's like the hill is way too high this time like I can't do it like we're going backpacking Friday me and the guys and there's this hill that I remember going up last time that by the time we got up it there was like a uh, like a sweat like outline of the backpack that we had on our shirts. It's like by the time we got up it, like all of us took our backpacks off and we we're just like, give me some water. You know, like that's what I feel like my faith is sometimes, like climbing that hill. But God perfecting our faith and pruning us is hard because he's bringing up 
pride in us and bringing up selfishness in us. And sometimes we just take our eyes off of Jesus. And sometimes we, we struggle with reading our Bible and, and keeping going the pace that we're at because, you know, what we're weak. But that's where Jesus comes in. We're like, God, I put my faith in you. Do we do that every day? Like, I'm repenting of my sin. Like, God, I'm turning away from my sin. That's why the Bible says to die to yourself daily. Because daily you are tempted to live for yourself. But you have to die to yourself and say, Jesus, I'm living for you. So what do you need to do in this life to, to find life and healing for your whole body? Guard your hearts. Avoid all perverse speech. And look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Because you know what? The direction that you're going in, straight ahead. You know how that's determined? By your heart. It says that it determines the direction of your life. So do that. When you guard your heart and when you avoid the perverse speech and the corrupt talk, your path will be straight. If you do not guard your heart and if you just continue to let your mouth run wild like a spark making a whole forest catch on fire. If you continue to do that, your path will not be straight. It will be like this, and you will never know where you're going. That's what we call lost. That's what we call lost. And Jesus saves us from that lost condition. He did that by dying on the cross, and he rose again. This is very important. He rose again, and that's what the life comes from. He rose again so that he would not be dead forever, but that he could live in us. So that as we're walking on this straight path, we have him with us. We're not alone. Just like Moses said that he could not do this alone. He needed his glory and his presence to be with him. And God revealed that to him. And his face was shining. See, God doesn't put us in this race alone. He, he is in us. We are now the temple. We now have the Holy Spirit who is our comforter and our empowerment and the reminder of the grace that God has given us and the faith that we have in Him and the conviction of our sin and the reminder that we have life now. We're not dead anymore. We're not a slave to sin. So I guess the challenge is tonight is, are you guarding your hearts? Is there, is there things that you need to change about the way you talk? By guarding your heart letting that be changed? Is, is there something that's holding you back from following Christ and that thing might be your mouth? It might be the way you talk. Your whole body might be on fire right now because of the way you talk. And the third thing is, are you looking straight ahead? What direction are you going in? And for the Christian, this is a, an encouragement to you. This is, this is going to keep you going Continue to guard your hearts because if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. When the, when the term guard your heart is mentioned to you, you feel compelled. You're like, yes, that is truth. Like I feel the truth rising up in me and now I'm encouraged to guard my heart because I know that that's going to de determine the direction of my life. And yes, that is truth. I do not want to talk the way I'm talking. I want to correct the way I'm talking. I don't want to, to tear others down. I want to build others up. I want to use my gifts. I want to use my speech to build others up and, and show them grace and love. And you hear that. It's like, yes, that's encouraging. That's truth. And I love it. And then all of a sudden, you feel compelled to go down this path. You're like, I'm going straight ahead. Now I'm going straight ahead. I, 
And this is something you can remember on a daily basis. That's what's crazy about it. Guard your heart, avoid corrupt speech, and go straight. Go down straight path. Look straight ahead. Something you can do any day of the week. And it's going to lead you in the right direction. It's going to lead you towards Jesus. And that was the point of this, is that we're going to camp next week. And I know that there's, I mean, a lot going on, especially in my mind. I'm trying to, like, remember, like, three sermons instead of one uh, going into this. And I'm, like, super excited about hanging out with the kids and everything like that. But it's, like, it can be overwhelming and stressful. So what I'll do, i got to guard my heart. I gotta avoid this corrupt speech. I gotta avoid angry speech. I gotta, I gotta avoid all that. I, I gotta encourage my students. I gotta focus on them. I gotta, I gotta live for them. I'm, I'm, I'm all about giving grace to them. And then my path is straight now. I'm looking for, for us ahead. I'm, I'm looking to Jesus, the initiator and the champion and the perfecter of my faith. So, that's my encouragement to you. That we could all do that. Guard our hearts, avoid corrupt speech, and look straight ahead. Uh, let me pray, and if uh, God is speaking to you about that, I encourage you to pray about it.